0: I want to take something home today and my question is this why do we do things that aren't good for us why do we do that you ever wondered that have you ever like why do I keep doing this like I know it's not right like like the other night you know I'm talking to Michelle and I are talking about well I'm thinking about maybe we weren't talking about it, but in my head I'm thinking about this we're having this conversation and and I know what she would say so we can have these conversations after you've been married for a while you know what they're going to say so you can just kind of talk to yourself and and you kind of, you know what, what they're going to say. Anyway, but this was a good one, you know, and I was thinking, like, I shouldn't be eating all this bread. But, man, do I love bread. But but why do I keep eating it? Like, I know it's not, I know that if I went to the doctor, like, she just went to the doctor, and he said her cholesterol was too high, and I said, why'd you go? Because you know he was going to give you bad news. Like, <laughs> like like, don't go. That's what, that's what I do. Like, I just don't go. And, and so, I, I I know that he would tell me, "Hey, lay off the bread, but I love it man bread is, is fantastic. Why do I put so much sugar in my coffee? I try to cut, I try to use less and less and less, but it, I, then again I find myself reverting back to the old me and I put a lot of sugar in there, and i don't put I all the other stuff that I used to put in there, like pumpkin stuff and all that I don't want to stay away from all that anyway. why don't I eat fruits and vegetables like I should? Why don't you <clears throat> maybe let's stop talking about me. let's talk about you, right. <clears throat> things that I do that I know I shouldn't But I, I feel I very rarely am, Do I feel convicted by them You the same way? Like we do stuff that we know We ought not to do or we, we don't do the things that We ought to do and, and seldom do we ever feel Like any conviction over it at all I mean, And I'm not getting heavy here I'm just saying like the, the little things The little stuff Over the last two weeks <clears throat> I'm going to have to turn this thing off And use one of these handheld mics Because y'all don't want to listen to me cough all the time Um over the last several weeks I've noticed that I watch too much news and I read too much news on my Twitter feed and uh, I don't know if you've been in that camp before but it's it's not that the news is usually bad which it almost always is Um, but the problem is that I get sucked into their way of thinking and I know that that's not where I need to be but I do it anyway and I find myself every now and then I find myself getting drawn into thinking like like they're wanting me to think which I know is not right you know don't get me wrong we should be informed we should be involved in in the politic of our day right because tyranny is the alternative to politics and, uh, and and we don't want that so so we should be, should be involved we should be informed but in our government but but if you listen to them right to the, the people who are telling us how to how to think and how to feel <clears throat> it sounds like we're headed for real problems in our world <laughs> right I mean if you just listen to it and don't really like, process it much. If you just, economically, I mean, they, they're they all telling you that there's this huge correction that's coming, that it's unavoidable, that we can't get around it, it's coming, you might as well be prepared. Uh, politically, in the United States at least, we're in a mess, right? We don't we don't, don't agree, we have your side and my side, and 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 there, there is, and they're both right, depending on who you ask, right? <clears throat> we seem to be getting, uh, I'll, I'll use this word even though it, it kind of is it's charged, but I'll use this word, we're getting overrun in our nation. Um, from people from other parts of the world who want to escape that, they want what we have, which, which is amazing. When you think about how jacked up we are, like people are racing to get here to get some of it. You imagine how bad it is where they're leaving. Well, right? I mean, that's the whole thing. It's like, how bad must it be for them to want this? <laughs> when you think about it, it's like, yeah, that's true. It must be pretty jacked up there, too. But our fear is that our place will become like the place that they're leaving, right? And there our fear for those of us who are fearful of it. Foreign nations seem to have a real dislike for the way we we handle things in the world, as as us as a nation. I'm saying they want to replace us financially, militarily, politically, every other way. They want to the nations of the world want to replace the United States. If you watch the news or spend any time reading those articles on social media or your your Twitter feed or your news feed on your phone, you quickly realize that the clouds are rising all around us. <clears throat> and if you keep paying attention to it, it can swirl you down into a black hole. Easily. I, mean, I talked to my son, and, and he's wanting to buy a house. <clears throat> you know, and he's in his mid-20s. Late 20s, I guess he is, actually. <clears throat> and uh, he's like, Dad, I don't know when I'll ever be able to buy a house. I said, just relax relax worst case you get ours when, I, when i'm dead you know <laughs> like you'll have, a, you'll have a place to live don't worry right but for him it's oh my goodness we're falling apart clouds are rising all around us if you pay attention to the, what the world is telling us that's what brings us to our story in the book of acts today we if you don't know um if you don't know, my name is Gary Pretty. the a pastor here, and we've been working our way through the book of Acts. One thing we do here in our church is we go through a book of the Bible at a time where we're all about God's Word, and we're all about uh, community, our community. So those two things, we, we go through God's Word a, a page at a time, a paragraph at a time, what have you. And, uh, because I believe, and, and we believe, that, that God's Word is a thing that, that can feed our souls. It's the thing that can give us something to hang on to when everything else in the world is telling us, Hey, It's terrible. The end is coming. God's word gives us a different narrative to live into. God's word does that. Nothing else does. But the Holy Spirit leading us to understand that God's word is giving us hope. And that's what this Christmas season is all about. So we find ourselves here in the Gospel of Acts. And if you don't know that Jesus has risen from the dead. That he told his disciples to go and wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And sure enough, the Holy Spirit shows up. They, miracles start to happen, they start to, Peter and John begin to preach, and people are coming to the Lord right and left, I mean, they can't, they can't, they don't know to do with them all, literally by the thousands, people are coming to faith in Christ, they preach, they heal some more, they do some more miracles, and more and more people come to faith in Christ, they're arrested, they're set, they're, they're freed, but they as they're being let go, they're threatened, You preach in this name of Jesus anymore, and even worse is going to happen to you. What do they do? They pray for boldness so they can continue to preach in this name. (laughs) Extraordinary generosity breaks out in the church. Extraordinary. People start selling their stuff to give to the poor. So much, right? One guy, I mean, he becomes famous in the book of Acts because right in that moment. But then there's this other couple who, too, they, they they want some of that notoriety, so they sell their stuff, and they give part of it. They give part of it, but they let everybody think that oh, this is all we got. <clears throat> we need some of that attention, too. And they're struck down. God kills them right on the spot. Fear of God grips the people. When they hear about that, everybody's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I was all about this God stuff. I was all about Jesus but now, like, there's death involved? Up to now, it's been just, you know, people look at you sideways when you talk about Jesus, but now I can actually lose my life? Like, literally? Uh, I'm not so sure. Fear grips the people, and yet the disciples don't stop, and that's where we find ourselves today and in Acts chapter 5, beginning verse 12. If you wrote a Bible, I encourage you to to read it, to open it, to underline stuff, to highlight stuff, because Hey, these are the things that that God led me to over the last several days. But today, in this moment, I believe he's speaking to each one of us. And he might speak to you something that's different than what he's saying to me here. And I want you to record it. So get ready to make a note in your Bible. If you use the thing on your telephone, then then they have a little note thing on there, too. Uh, Make a note for yourself and share it to some friends. The apostles performed many signs and wonders. This is after they they prayed for boldness. This is after Ananias and Sapphira had been killed, right, for, for lying for deceit, for for hypocrisy. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. I mean, everybody respected these disciples. I mean, they they saw what they had done, they knew what was going on, but the the crowds weren't showing up like they used to. What's going on? What's happening here? Well, first thing... First thing I want you to remember is that they're here in the. This is the. This is a drawing. This isn't, doesn't really exist. this picture doesn't really exist, but it's a, It's an artist's rendering of the Temple Mount. So in the middle there is the temple, right? But all around it, you see there's this uh, porch. This little columns. These columns are just to give you some scale. These columns are 37 feet high. So that kind of gives you a scale of the place, right? This thing. This thing is huge, right? Those, those columns are 37 feet high. And Solomon's porch, as it's called, you may have heard it, you know, they Ministries have been referred to as Solomon's porch before. That's this one. That's what, this is what they called Solomon's porch. It's, uh, what you can't see out here are the steps that come up into the temple. And they would come through these uh, you know, the stairwells, basically. Essentially, they're stairwells. So people would come up, and Solomon's porch was right there. Solomon's colonnade was right there. So that's where the early church met, right there. And this, if you remember, a couple of weeks ago, they had, they were on trial for the, at the Sanhedrin, brought them on trial, Peter and John. The Sanhedrin met right here in the corner of the temple. They met right there in the corner. They had a room that they met in. So they're, they're right across the courtyard from the, the Sanhedrin's meeting room, and they're right there under the porch preaching Jesus. Preaching Jesus. This is where they always met this is where the church met and yet people aren't coming like they used to why well let's go through the reasons right the sanhedrin had threatened them don't don't you don't want to be hanging out with these people and then ananias and Sapphira had just died whatever the rumors were about why they why they died why did god kill them who actually killed them if it wasn't god why would god kill people who were being generous like that Like all the rumors you you know, it's not just Rock Hall where people have spread rumors. So it's it's everywhere, right? It's everywhere. So so imagine the rumors that were being told about Ananias and Sapphira and their death, and this church, these these rebels, these these crazy Christians. Well, they weren't really they weren't called Christians yet. (coughs) That's going to come later. But right now, there's this this cloud of fear that's building up in the people. But amidst that cloud of fear is great boldness. It's great boldness by these disciples. Great boldness because, remember, they had prayed for it. They had asked God to make us bold. They knew that the cloud was forming. They knew that the bad news was coming. They knew that trouble was coming. Jesus had told them. Jesus had told them that they're going to kill you on my account. They knew. This wasn't a surprise to the disciples. But the people—they hadn't known this was coming. The people who were watching it all play out—they didn't know. They were seeing this firsthand, and wow, was this a little too much for church, (laughs) right? I mean, this is the—I mean, we're talking a little high expectation for people to be willing to come to church. I mean, they had to change their lifestyle, right? Because you're going to be ostracized by the whole community if you start going down this Jesus road nobody's going to want to all your Jewish friends are going to ostracize you Rome is going to think you're a bunch of zealots and, and you're a threat to the kingdom and then if you mess up it seems like because what happened to Ananias and Sapphira if you mess up you're done not only do you have a risk you're losing your lifestyle but you risk your whole life to become a Christian For the disciples, well, how do you respond? How do you, how do you live into an atmosphere like that? As a follower of Jesus, how would you live into an atmosphere like that where, where people are questioning everything, where it looks pretty bad? For the disciples, it was a matter of staying focused on the one who gave their lives purpose, staying focused on the one, Jesus, who had called them, who had sent them, who had empowered them, who had filled them with the Holy Spirit. All they had to do was follow that Spirit. All they had to do was stay in step with what God was doing in their life. That's all they had to do. That was all that. Hey, it, that, that sounds easy, doesn't it? It sounds so easy. Just walk with the Lord. Oh, okay. Then life comes at hundred miles an hour. When I was <coughs> I'll be I'll be honest. As I was reading some conspiracy theories on, on Twitter, and I, I don't know. There's there's a, a, just a bad portion of me that, that is entertained by these crazy conspiracy theories about about the the, the contrails in the sky and about uh, if you don't know they're spraying poison and it's killing everybody. Uh, I mean there, there's theories about uh, aliens. There's all kinds of theories. Uh, I'm not even going to get into all the conspiracy theories that are out there, but some of them are. People spend way too much time thinking them through. And they're, it's just amazing. But if you, if you just occupy your mind with them, it can send you down a pretty dark hole. The reality is, is that all those conspiracy theories are sort of right. What do I mean by that? I mean that creation, us, our nation, our church, has a real enemy. Satan. Has a real enemy enemy supernatural amazingly powerful enemy Satan there is a conspiracy out there a spiritual conspiracy that's going on in our world that we probably don't give enough credit to we blame it on the Republicans or the Democrats or the the Chinese or the Russians or the or the Ukrainians or the people from Mexico or wherever we blame it on all those people but but the reality is the blame belongs only with Satan who wants to divide? Who wants to conquer? Who wants to rid the world of his church? We should expect it to be chaotic, and be like the disciples and remain faithful. To not get caught up in all the what ifs, but you know, God has a plan. But yes, there's an enemy, but God has a plan. But God is working out His plan. That's what we see in the disciples. Look at what happened in verse 14. Nevertheless, all this stuff that's, you know, they're being faithful, people are afraid. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. More and more people are coming to faith. Regardless of the darkness, the black hole of the the fear that was gripping the people. Nevertheless, people were coming to faith. God was at work. Many wouldn't come and join the disciples, but some did. Many wouldn't, wouldn't step up, the, up those stairs and come and be seen with those people, but, but some did because God was on the move, and he still is. God is still on the move. Disciples, they didn't get caught up in the fact that, that some people were afraid and, and that, oh, man, I can't believe that they're afraid to come up here and be with us. No. They didn't get all upset that some people aren't willing to make the commitment. They didn't get upset about that. Because some people did make the commitment. Some people did come up the stairs. Some people did gather with them at at Solomon's Colonnade. Some people were up there on the Temple Mount worshiping Jesus. This applies to us today. It seems like more and more people aren't really interested in making a commitment to follow Christ as part of the church. I mean, a lot of people like the idea of church and like the, the things that church and church people do for the community. A lot of people love that. But, but struggle with keeping and making, maintaining the life in the body of Christ as a priority in their lives. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. If I didn't work here, it'd probably be a struggle for me too. It's a struggle because it expects because it, it things from us. Like We don't join the church to get stuff from it. If you did, you did the wrong move. You don't join the church to get stuff out of it. You join the church to give your life to it some people don't want to do that they don't want to change their lifestyle they don't want they don't want people moving in on their territory like that they just want to take although we wouldn't say that but that's the reality we don't want to give our lives to anything that's just the nature of our world but some people are some people do and so what the church needs to do, in the face of that, because some people don't want to, and some people are eager to. So the church needs, instead of getting caught up in who's in, who's in and who's out, we need to do what the disciples did. I believe. I mean, let's face the facts. You and I, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, next year. We don't know. I mean, you may have ideas. You may have A really good idea, because you may be wise enough to read some of the things that are going on in the stock market or politically or whatever. You may know. You may have an inside lane. I don't know. But we really don't know for sure. We may have ideas and opinions. We don't know if we'll all be okay. And if those we love will make it through. We don't know, and that creates uncertainty. And uncertainty creates anxiety and fear. Here's what this says about this cloud, what this passage is saying to us, that we can count on Jesus no matter what. No matter what, we can count on him. If you believe in the Lord, which means if you believe that Jesus is God, and you place your whole trust in him, your whole life in his hands, we we trust that you will be okay. No matter what the world brings. No matter what tomorrow is. That you will be okay. Because you're in his hand. But not okay as the world defines it. Not like you're going to retire and you're going to have a nice retirement. No, not like that. God promises to never leave us nor forsake us. God promises to use all things, even this dark cloud that we may be in, for our good. God promises that one day he'll wipe every tear from our eyes. Every pain will be removed. That there is goodness and there is grace in the darkness. Because God is on the move. The people, they put their faith in Jesus. Despite the risk, that was the invitation. And some moved. Some some came. And that is still the invitation today. No matter what's going on in our lives, to give our lives to him. To, to say, I'm, I'm all in. Whatever may come. To trust That God is moving, even in this, for me. And look what happened. Because people were coming to faith. Because people were saying, I'm in. Look what happened. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. (coughs) Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits and all of them were healed. Some dared to experience God's goodness. They heard all the stories and they, 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 they've heard the rumors and everything else. But they they took a risk to experience God's goodness and his grace. The faith of those who stepped up drew others out. You see how it worked? You see how it worked? That, that some responded. And, and when, when some people get to see you respond, they get to take a step. It's like, it's like you know throwing a rock in a lake and those ripples kind of go out and they keep going out and they keep going out and they impact others. They create other ripples. Their faith in Christ brought others to faith in Christ. When others see God's power at work in you, they stop being afraid. When, when we start living out of faith, our faith, others stop being afraid. They heard how these Christians were performing miracles. And they dared to bring out their sick at the so at least Peter's shadow would pass by. Back in that day, there was there was a lot of understanding of the, the shadow having power. The, the, the shadow of the God Almighty would be cast over people. And that they understood that as, as being a, a source of blessing or a source of a curse. But in this case. They, they anticipated God's healing, and they experienced it. All of them were healed. This may not be the, the correct way to experience healing, like, like to just go lay in the street and wait for somebody to walk by. You know, we wouldn't prescribe that to people now. We would, we would invite them to, to pray and go to the doctor, trusting that God works through the doctor's hands as well as anybody else's, that God can move however God chooses to move. A lot of times we want miracles to happen. We want, we want the miraculous, and absolutely we want the miraculous. And there's nothing wrong with seeking that as long as we're seeking the one who gives miracles. Not the miracle itself, but the giver of gifts. We're seeking him. And, tra- and, and see, the, <clears throat> as one who prayed for miracle myself as before... I know that the power of the miracle is in Christ. And Peter and John and all the other disciples who are healing people here in this story, they weren't really healing. It was Jesus who was doing the healing. What is amazing is that if you seek, if you need to be healed, if you need a miracle in your life, what I can promise you is, is that as you seek Christ, not the not the deliverance, not the not the not the miracle, but as you seek Christ, the miracle Comes clear in your life. It it it's because it's out of that relationship with with Jesus. And while we we may have wanted to, I don't know, one leg longer or, or more hair or less hair. No, although nobody prays for that, right, Andy? Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'm I'm getting there. <laughs> but but as we as whatever you're praying for. As you as you find Christ you find the answer to the prayer. that's what people were being led to. This story tells me that we don't have to have everything figured out We don't have to have perfect faith we don't we don't have to be perfect at all We need to believe that Jesus is our Lord and our Savior. And that he'll take care of the rest. Do you think that the people who are sick and tormented by evil spirits, do you think they had it all figured out? No. Does anybody have it all figured out, for goodness sake? None of us do. They were probably really confused. They were probably really delusional about the, their, their life experience right in the moment. They were probably even hostile to Jesus. And what happened? Jesus healed them. Instead, regardless, Jesus healed them. God takes broken people and mends their hearts. That's what he does. There's grace and there's goodness in the darkness of that cloud because Jesus is there. That goodness and grace can look like Physical healing, it can look like spiritual healing, if the Lord wills it. Goodness and grace can look like health. Goodness and grace can look like spiritual deliverance. Goodness and grace can can look like emotional healing. Goodness and grace will look different in each one of us, because each one of us are in a different place. When we experience God's goodness and grace, it's going to look different in each and every one of us. So, how do we live this out as a church? What is this, how does this affect the way we live our lives? We, we, we're, to, we're to exist as a church. <clears throat> Often in the church, we, we want to build one another up. All right, that's the fellowship function of the church. We want to we be close together, we want to equip one another. We wanna we wanna be we want to love each other and love own each other. That, all those things are that's good stuff. But we can't allow that Loving for one another causes us to forget those who aren't. Those who aren't here yet. Those who are still lost. And if if our love for one another overpowers our love for the the people out there, the lost, then, then we need healing as well. This this passage is an absolute call for the church to be in ministry with and for those who are far from Christ. Trusting that he can do far more than we can ever imagine. It says all of them were healed. Did they all get it right? Did they all understand? Did they all have the faith required? No. But God was at work. This is the way that Jesus had often done ministry. Jesus had always said, Come and people came some came and believed others just came and experienced the healing and then went on and did their thing <clears throat> did it matter did it did Jesus say ah, you're not really a believer you can you can wait till the end if I got any grace and goodness left we'll have you at the end no he said y'all come come experience it come and be close This Christmas, one of the greatest gifts that we can be given, I believe, is open eyes, eyes to see. Scripture often refers to it. I pray that each one of us is given eyes to see this Christmas. The people around us who need him. Who need to experience healing. Spiritual, emotional, physical, financial, whatever it is. Our community is full of people. Our, our communities are, because we don't all live here. Our communities are full of people who need that. And, and God did not, has not, called anyone else other than his church to do something about it. We're, we're it. We are plan A. Merry Christmas, church. You are plan A. Lord Jesus, I thank you. Thank you for who you are and for what you're doing in our world. Ah, es